Good morning. When I've talked to some of you after I've preached, a few of you have expressed the desire that it be me preaching, not you, because public speaking wasn't something you were comfortable with, and I, and I can relate to that. For some people, it's a nightmare, like the nightmare I had on Friday, where I was going over the sermon in my head, as I do, and I was preaching in, in this dream, and about in the middle of the dream, when I wasn't done with the sermon, there was some communication mix-up, and someone came up and started giving announcements, <laughs> which I'm hoping won't happen. <laughs> I've got my eye. <laughs> but uh, if that doesn't happen, I can't promise you what I promised the first service was that this was going to be my best sermon all year, but I guarantee top two, <laughs> within the top two. When Pastor Ben looked at the lessons in the lectionary for today, for those of you who are not familiar, the lectionary is where we find out what particular lessons are assigned for a given Sunday. And usually there is an Old Testament lesson, a New Testament lesson, a gospel, and a psalm. But for this particular Sunday, there are actually three completely different set of lessons and three completely different themes. And so Pastor Ben had to choose between these three themes. The first theme was New Year's. It is New Year's Day, and Happy New Year to all of you. But that is not the theme he chose. And so we'll take off our party hats. We'll put those away for another year. He also could have chosen, this is the second Sunday in the Christmas season, the first Sunday after Christmas. Christmas lasts, as you know, for 12 days. This is the eighth day of Christmas, for those of you keeping track, if, I'm, if I've got my numbers correctly, so it would be maids of milking. We are not talking about that today. So again, we're here in between where the shepherds have gone home praising God and before the wise men will come at Epiphany on January 6th. But we're not going to be doing Christmas as a theme. Instead, he chose that third theme. This is an old Um, ancient feast day called the Holy Name of Jesus. This is the Holy Name of Jesus Sunday. And because of that, we're focusing in on this lesson here in this encounter that Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus have in the temple with this man named Simeon. And we're going to look at three different things this morning. We're going to look at why they were in the temple, this dedication of Jesus and what it's all about. And we're going to look at Simeon a little more and what's he doing there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about names because this is the holy name of Jesus Sunday. So we have to talk about names. But first of all, the dedication, they bring Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And the reason for this goes back to the Passover. If you remember that story from Exodus on that great and terrible night where the angel of the Lord passes over Egypt and all of the firstborn of the Egyptians die. But the firstborn of the people of Israel survive, and they survive because God has told them to take a Passover lamb, a sacrificial lamb, and to paint their doorposts and their lintels with the blood of the lamb. And in memory of that, they are told in the Levitical law to dedicate the firstborn male child of every family to God. And that's what they're going to the temple to do. And As with that Passover, the sacrifice that is given is supposed to be a lamb, a a young lamb, just like the Passover lamb, without blemish. 
Now, you may have noticed that in our story today, it doesn't talk about a lamb. It talks about two turtle doves or two pigeons. And it's one of the places, Pastor Ben mentioned last Sunday, that Jesus was born into poverty. And one of the places we know that from is this set of verses because they're not being disobedient to the law. They're using the second clause, which is if you can't afford a lamb, you bring two doves or two pigeons. And so it's one of the places where we know that Jesus' family doesn't have a lot of money. This is the sacrifice that they could afford to bring. And so they dedicate Jesus. They have him circumcised, and they also name him, and they name him Jesus. And the name Jesus means, we'll talk more about names in a minute, but it means the Lord is salvation. That's what the literal name of Jesus means. And while they're in the temple, they encounter Simeon. Now, before we talk about Simeon, we should talk about the fact that they encounter him at all because it's a little surprising that they're even doing this in the temple. If you think about it, Mary and Joseph were from Nazareth. They'll go back to Nazareth later on. And when Jesus was born, though, he wasn't born there, right? He was born in Bethlehem. Nazareth, if they'd been born there, they likely would not have gone down to the temple roughly eight days later to have this ceremony happen because they would have had to walk from Nazareth down to Jerusalem, as Jesus will do when he's 12, we read in the Gospels, as he will do multiple times in his ministry. But the distance from Nazareth to Jerusalem is roughly the distance from here in Cupertino up to San Francisco and back. So it's roughly twice the distance from here to San Francisco, not likely a journey that you would do with a eight-day-old baby and a mother who has just recently given birth. But because of what happened way over there in Rome with, Herod, with uh, the emperor saying, you need to go to your city to be registered for taxation, they find themselves in Bethlehem. And because they find themselves in Bethlehem, Google Maps tells me it is a two-hour walk from Bethlehem to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And so it's close enough that even with an eight-day-old baby and a, a mother who's recently given birth, it's, I think it's too close for them to not do it in the temple. They're, they're drawn to the temple, and because they're drawn to the temple, we have this encounter with Simeon. And God has told Simeon, you will not die until you see Messiah, until you see the Lord's salvation. And it's interesting that Simeon is even willing to consider that this baby is the Messiah because for most people, when we talk about expectations, we're talking about hope and expectations. And a lot of people, the expectation is that Messiah will be someone who comes on a horse in front of a conquering army and kicks out the Romans. Their expectation of what you needed salvation from was Rome that we would have our own place again. And so they would be looking for Messiah like they were looking on Palm Sunday for maybe this Jesus is Messiah. Although, you know, could you do away with the donkey and please get a horse and where's your army? But that's their expectations. But this Simeon has a, a special glimpse into God's plan. Not only will he see Messiah, but he knows a little more about what Messiah will be. And so he's willing to look in this face of a baby and see the Messiah. 
Now, it wasn't as simple as saying, you know, hey, is anybody coming this morning for dedication whose name is Jesus? You know, and just coming back every day, year after year. We don't know how long he's been waiting. We assume it wasn't last Tuesday from the, the way the gospel presents this, that he's been waiting for years and years. Right? Because when it finally happens, he says, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. Now let me die. Now I can, my life is fulfilled. So he's been waiting, we think, a long time. But he couldn't just look at the name Jesus. Name Jesus is a fairly common name in Jesus' day. You'd have multiple Jesuses in your kindergarten class. Uh, Paul writes to one of his coworkers, Jesus called Justice. Uh, it's a name that would be out there. It's also the, the name Joshua and the name Jesus both derive with the same meaning. The Lord is salvation. So it's more complicated than that when Simeon looks at this child and says, this is the Messiah. This is the Lord's salvation. It's being told to him by the Holy Spirit. He's get extra information. And he also knows something about what this Messiah is saving us from and who he is saving, right? Because he uses those, those wonderful words, and I don't know about you, but I grew up in the Lutheran church with the traditional liturgy, and we would sing, I don't know if it was every Sunday or every communion Sunday, anybody remember? Uh, the, the Nunc Dominicus, the Lord, your, let your servant depart in peace. Lord, let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. He knows, even here 33 years before Jesus' public ministry, that Jesus isn't coming just for the Jewish people, which is probably one of the reasons why Luke includes this story in his gospel, because Luke has a particular audience that he is writing to, which is those people who are not Jewish. Matthew has written a gospel to the Jews, and Luke is writing to those of us who are not Jewish. And so Luke includes this story of Simeon who is told by the Holy Spirit that this story is for us, right at the beginning. And so Simeon receives this baby, and he also has a picture, I think, of Good Friday as he turns to Mary and says, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He knows that this will be complicated. He knows that this is not all good news and all joy going forward, but that there will be difficulty. So that's Simeon. Let's talk a little bit about names. We talked about the name of Jesus, that they name him the Lord is salvation. Now, as someone named Chris Christensen by my parents intentionally, I have spent a fair amount of time thinking about why people name children the way they do and how much thought they did or perhaps did not put into those names. And most people that I know when they're naming a child put a lot of thought into it, with the possible exception of my friend's father as I grew up whose name was Candy Barr. <laughs> but... I think of Liz and Danny, for instance, who, you know, are visiting with our grandchild, Charlie. They went to, they had an app, and she went through a thousand names, and he went through a thousand names as they're swiping left and right of which names they like and don't, and they compared the list at the end, and fortunately, they were compatible lists, and were able to come up and pick a name. Well, Mary and Joseph don't have an app, uh, but don't need one because the name is given to them by the angel Gabriel right at the beginning. 
you're going to have a baby and then his name will be Jesus. This is all part of the plan. The Lord is salvation. His role will be this. Now, the name, if you look in the Bible for the phrase, the name of Jesus or the name of the Lord, you're going to find it all over the place, right? Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We'll see demons who are cast out in the name of Jesus. And the name in the Bible is significant, and it's more significant than just what should you write on your second grade homework assignment. When we talk about the name of God or the name of Jesus or the name of the Lord, the name wraps up the whole essence of the being of who we're talking about. It's more significant than just what should I call you. And so sometimes it gets to the point of we think of the name of Jesus as if it were something magical, as if there were something special about the name in, in and of itself. And there's a, an illustrative story that happens in the book of Acts where someone thinks the name of Jesus in itself is magic. And so Paul in Acts 18 is in Ephesus, and he's doing what Paul does. He is teaching, he is healing people, and he is casting out demons, we are told, in the name of Jesus. And there are seven Jewish brothers who are not Christian who see what Paul is doing and the success he is having by casting out demons in the name of Jesus, and they think, this must be some special word. There must be power in that name. We'll try that. And we are told in Acts that they went to a man who was demon-possessed, and they told the demon to leave in the name of Jesus. And the man who was demon-possessed said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I've heard of, but who are you? And he falls on them and beats them up, and they run away, we are told, bleeding and naked. Because the words as they came out of the mouth of Paul were very different than when they came out of the mouth of these seven men. Because Paul was someone who knew Jesus and was known by Jesus and had been claimed by Jesus. And so when he uses the name of Jesus, there is power in it because this is the name of someone who is his Lord. That there is relationship here. And for those of you who are looking for a non-biblical example of this, um, and I may need some help with this, anybody remember the movie Toy Story, the original? And there's a scene, one of my favorite scenes, where Buzz Lightyear, who's a toy who does not know he's a toy, the other toys point at his foot, and something has been written on his foot in child's handwriting. Does anybody remember what that was that was written on his foot? Andy is written on his foot. And the toys explain to him that Andy loves you. You are Andy's toy. In the same way, when we were baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever... That's the way that God had of saying, you are mine. You are loved. And you are claimed in the name of Jesus. 
And so as we go forward into this Christmas season, you don't have to put away your tree just yet. I'll leave that between you and whoever else is in charge. As we go forward into this new year, I pray that you and I will go forward as one who knows that we are known by Jesus, loved by Jesus, and claimed by the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.